We're so focused on what we want to do, we forget who we want to become. And I want to be healthy. I want to be balanced. I don't want to feel guilty if Friday afternoons I've played golf and maybe I don't get that one extra little business deal. Um, I want to be joyful. I want to spend time with my three adult kids and my grandkids. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Steve. Steve, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks, Michelle. A pleasure. I'm excited. So, so give us a highlight of who you are and what you do for business. Wow. I was just thinking about that. 25 years ago, I was unemployed, Michelle, and uh, it was a pretty amazing time because I was unemployed for the first time for four months and really did some kind of soul searching around what, what do I want my center character and contribution to be? I'd never really asked that question. And I knew I wanted to work with leaders. I did a little bit of that, but finally made a decision. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to start my company. I'm going to take leaders on a quest. I thought, oh, that's kind of a cool name. How about Steve Gessler and Leadership Quest? And so literally started 25 years ago, um, focused around leadership development, and then kind of tracked in towards emotional intelligence. That became really my passion to help leaders and teams discover just how to leverage that and how to become better personal leaders, better entrepreneurs, business owners, all of that. So I've been doing that, been privileged. I've worked with Microsoft, um, Seattle Seahawks, Boeing, Starbucks, Spotify, some great companies. Um, And I'd like to tell people, gosh, I wish it was like up and to the right, like business was just, but mine was like a ticker tape, right? All these little ebbs and flows and dead ends and restarts. You were an entrepreneur. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Nice. So for those who don't know what emotional intelligence is, what what does that mean, especially in the realm of leadership? Yeah, such a great question. I think of it as multifaceted. I don't think there's one definition. Mm -hmm. I do like the fact that it has to do with how we manage emotions, how we understand the emotions in ourselves and the impact or the influence they have on others. Uh, also how to deal with distressing emotions as a personal leader. That's a big deal. Uh, 65% of the workforce, at least in America said right now, I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling anxious and burned out. That's 65%. So I think you need to be aware of what, what's your own emotional economy because it's contagious. There's a contagion nature of our emotions. So um, I help leaders a lot around, you know, helping them discover the power of their influence with their emotions. Nice. Well, and I know there's been a lot of talk about the, the status of employees and how they're feeling. Uh, but talk to me about the entrepreneurs themselves, the founders or, you know, whoever's running the show. How do you know how it's affected how where they're at right now, kind of emotionally and like what the optimism level is and does that affect things a lot? Yeah, it's interesting. Every time I'm with a group doing a workshop or even a keynote or I'm on a Zoom with an individual leader, 
I'll ask them within the last 60 days, what's been the primary emotion you've been feeling? The primary emotion. And you'll get people say, happy, content. But the list that I have, here's the top six. I've asked over 5,000 leaders in different settings. These are the top six emotions people are feeling. Fatigued, anxious, drained, overwhelmed, stressed, and burned out. Now that's not necessarily all of our emotions, but that's a big part. And so I think leaders, entrepreneurs, business owners need to take stock and just check in with their own humanity and say, how am I feeling? Um, how can I maybe redirect that emotion? What are some things I can do to recharge my emotions? so that I'm able to project the right mood and attitude to the people I'm serving. And what kind of things are they coming up with? Is it things outside of work, like hobbies and interests, or is it things within work, like working on the business goal setting, kind of change in direction of products and services, whatever their aptitude might be? What kind of things are you noticing? Right, right. I think that's such a great question because I'd love to ask leaders that. What are the things that recharge your emotions, right? What are those things that maybe during COVID we let go or we put on the sidelines and we haven't you know, brought those back into our life? So I think it starts with number one, you have, you've got to restructure your day, especially if you're most of us, a lot of us anyway, are very virtual. Some business owners are back on property or site, but I think we lost some structure, uh, like I've got a morning routine, like a lot of people have these rituals and my morning walk and my time of exercise and all of these things that bring structure, bring more certainty. And the more certainty we have in our lives, the less stress. And so also boundaries, figuring out, hey, you know, I can't just keep working till nine o'clock at night. Maybe I need to unplug at eight and then really have a, a work day and a home life, right? A personal life, uh, movement, oxygen, you know, you know, all of that, that uh, the one thing that lowers cortisol in our life, the stress hormone is oxygen. And I used to think, okay, I work out because I'm trying to stay in shape, but actually I work out to try and stay in shape, but I'm oxygenating my body to lower cortisol so I can self-manage myself. And, um, and then I, I'd like to remind people, what are your fountain resources? What, not the draining, we know what, the, what drains us, you know, overt news, too much on this. We know what drains us, but what is it, Michelle, that is a fountain resource for you? Um, for me, it might be, I did my 15 minute yoga routine in my bedroom this morning and I listened to a little podcast it wasn't yours but I do listen to yours <laughs> but you know just kind of feed my mind and I like really kind of uplifting positive things so those are those are some things I think that help bolster our emotions well and I'd like to talk about boundaries for a bit because during the lockdown I happened to be running a ser tech service company and I noticed that boundaries were uh, non-existent. <laughs> so people were working and whenever they were working, they would send messages and, and 
and it lost its flavor of I'm just sending this now, but you know, tomorrow during work hours, we can take care of this. And it just became, this needs to be done now. And, and there was a lot of that in my world. Was that true for a lot of other people in, in the business world? Did it just kind of perpetuate that one, <laughs> nobody had boundaries Two that demands were going up and, you know, things just kind of felt like they had to be done all the time. Uh, what was kind of the feeling and how do we kind of hone it back into a nine to five Monday to Friday sort of thing? I think that's, that's a great example. And I think that leaders especially should be responsible for the culture and creating that, I call it an emotionally healthy and balanced culture and set those boundaries. Like when you send that email or that text, say, Hey, when you, you know, you, I get, I'm guilty of that with my assistant. Hey, when you come on tomorrow, well, she's going to be checking it tonight. Right. So she might feel at 10 o'clock at night. Maybe I need to get ahead and do that. So I think just withholding and having your own personal boundaries, figuring out what that looks like. I literally, I mean, I do something really radical with my phone. At eight o'clock, I bring it in my office and plug it in. And I, I don't look at my phone again until the next morning. And even when I do look at it the next morning, I never respond to emails. And you've heard people say this, but to me, that first hour of the day is a sacred enclosure. If I don't create the right emotional uh, temperature in my life, I'm already emotionally hijacked and stressed and, and feeling inclined to be drawn into everything. So I do a little 20, 20, 20 every morning. It's 20 minutes. There's a spiritual focus. I've got this book I read, I drink my coffee. I have my morning greens. Then I do about 20 minutes of reading and um, I don't have the book right before me, but I'm reading a wonderful book right now um, on the power to change. And, and then I'll spend 20 minutes planning my day and thinking about what are the three, what's my vital three for the day. But I haven't, I haven't allowed that emotional distressing energy into my life yet i've all i'm setting the tone for my own leadership so i would tell leaders it doesn't have to be a 20 20 20 but what is your routine that keeps you emotionally healthy and balanced what's your own boundaries and would you typically i've noticed that in kind of economically uncertain times people tend to be a little more panicked and willing to do whatever it takes to get the business. <laughs> and it's, you know, during good times, it's like, oh yeah, we're working Monday to Thursday. We're playing golf on Friday. This is great. We got all work done. Clients are happy. Um, there's still this element of the outside world controls my inside world, if you will. How does somebody harness their internal power? I mean, it obviously starting the day the way they want it to um, and not getting emotionally hijacked by emails is a huge one. And then kind of running the day and going, okay, how, what kind of mental state do they have to be in or emotional state do they have to be in in order to kind of carry through the rest of the week as they're in control, regardless of, you know, the circumstances, the market, the news, all that fun jazz. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think uh, I appreciate that, Michelle, because 
when we started this podcast, I said I had been unemployed and I did some internal work. I always go back to that foundation. And so I think we get lost, we get fuzzy, our values get skewed when we don't have that foundation. And for me, it always begins with what is my mission? What's my purpose? Um, and I'm real clear on it. I mean, I, I just feel like I'm here. I'm called to inspire others to greatness. Um, I empower people. That's what I wake up to do every day. But I'm also guided by those five values of my faith, family first, work hard, leadership, and have fun. And almost every decision, major decision, scheduling, what I say yes to, goes through that filter of, because my values determine my success. Success is the feeling I get if I'm actually living my values, not what you tell me to do or other people out there tell me to do. And so I would ask each of your leaders, what is your purpose? What do you feel is your real center character contribution in this life? What are your five values that's going to guide your destiny, your decisions, your designing of your life, right? And then lastly, uh, I call it who goals. Who goals? We're so focused on what we want to do, we forget who we want to become. And I want to be healthy. I want to be balanced. I don't want to feel guilty if Friday afternoons I play golf and maybe I don't get that one extra little business deal. Um, I want to be joyful. I want to spend time with my three adult kids and my grandkids. Um, but it all goes through the filter of values, right? Right. Love it. So what are some of the kind of guiding principles when it comes to emotional intelligence in the, in the business world? Um, because it's not just about, oh, I'm going into a meeting. I have to <laughs> run this properly. I'm assuming it's an entire culture that we're trying to create in the business. And obviously bringing the values to the table is there. But when kind of what are the principles that you're looking at is it to be able to create that culture within a business Let's put it that yeah way. so it begins with self-awareness understanding when i ask people what is self-awareness i'll say well you need to understand what your strengths and your weaknesses yes what else um it has to do with your emotions are you aware of what you're transferring Great leaders, great business owners, and great teams understand you're not just transferring information on a daily basis. You're literally influencing people's moods, attitudes, and emotions. We live in an emotional economy, and people will come away from that encounter either feeling a bit uplifted, encouraged, or a little bit drained. You know, there's never a net zero. So even in our digital presence, how many times have you been on a Zoom where people seem disinterested or distracted or bored or, uh, hey, what, what is your digital presence saying? You know, 55% of, of communication is nonverbal. It's body language. And, it's, and we know that tone of voice is important. And you can have all of the right knowledge transferring with about a product and service but if that if you don't have the right emotional transfer it can fall flat 
So it begins with self-awareness. What are the emotions? Goldman, Daniel Goldman calls it our emotional economy. What is your emotional economy? Um, and hopefully it's optimistic, it's solution finding, it's positive, it's resilient. And, and so when you get on that Zoom or you have that meeting, ask yourself two questions. How am I showing up? And you might say, I'm showing up kind of tired. Okay, well, now how do you want to show up? I want to show up with energy. I want to show up with the proper presence. I want to show up with a listening heart, right? So it begins with self-awareness. <clears throat> and then the other, I think, bookend is self-management of your emotions, especially during high stress or challenging relationships. Uh, Harvard said that will determine your true influence, Michelle. It's not the 83% when things are smooth. It's going to be the 17% moments when you face a challenging relationship. How you navigate that will determine your true reputation and influence. How you handle an upset customer, how you handle a coworker that's feeling discouraged. That's going to determine your longevity and success. So if you can be self-aware, self-regulate emotions under this, you know, stress or challenging relationships, you'll win. You'll win in business. Nice. So can you give us an example of one of your Cinderella stories of one of your clients? Oh, well, a, a young woman, a very uh, high performing leader at Microsoft, uh, very smart, strategic, uh, high potential with low levels of emotional intelligence. Uh, sometimes she would act disinterested in meetings if she wasn't leading it. Um, her, she didn't have great body language. Um, often when she was under stress, she would send out flame mails and, uh, or react in different ways quickly. So we had to teach her first and foremost, What's the emotion you're transferring, especially when you're not involved? Are your arms crossed? Are you acting interested? Are you engaged? Are you a good listener? Are you an active listener? So she started increasing that. Also, we asked her to stop reacting immediately to her emotions. There's instant gratification when you fire back an email, but often that one line in that email can hijack the other person. And that's the only thing they read. So we know that when cortisol hits you, it's going to be in your system at a high level for about 18 minutes. So if you can self-manage 18 minutes, right? And, and uh, disengage before you re-engage, right? And so we taught her to stop. We have the acronym S-O-S-S, -S, stop, oxygenate, strengthen appreciation in your life, and then seek a solution. And uh, within, I would say, six months, there was a complete turnaround of how people perceived her, uh, how she, so she had the smarts, technical, all of that. She just needed to work on her EI skills. I love that. So what are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having? They're listening to this going, oh my God, Steve, I need you so badly. 
So how did they recognize that lack of emotional intelligence in themselves? Well, they might need to get a little bit of feedback. They might need to receive some coaching. I think we all need that. Um, we all need mentoring. Um, I, I took a 360 several years ago and found out I didn't have high levels of empathy. And it, it shocked me. I was almost offended. Really? Me? I'm a caring person. I'm, but what I found is I'm a leader. I'm not smarter than people. I just think fast. And so I would try to fix things quickly without taking the time to say, you know, how are you feeling about that? And I would be on one side of the bridge. Other people were on this side of the bridge. I was like, if I can just give them more information, they'll walk over to my side. And I had to humble myself and climb down and go up to their side of the bridge and say, um, gosh, uh, that must be a really difficult thing for me, for you. Tell me, Michelle, a little bit more of what you're going through. And just taking a few extra minutes with people, uh, built that connection, that empathy. Um, and I started seeing things turn. So I think feedback, mentorship, coaching, uh, everyone should write down the four competencies and say, I, I can work on this. I can work on my self-awareness. I can work on self-regulating my emotions by just stopping and breathing. I can work on empathy, reading and responding to other people and showing more concern. And I can work on skilled relationships. Um, people, people, you know, won't go along with you if they can't get along with you. So you might want to be going down a road, but if they don't get along with you, you might be going on a lonely walk. <laughs> so what are the, some of the signs that somebody might be experiencing that they are not empathetic or that they're not um, kind of responding in a way that's favorable to their teams? Well, it goes again back to self-awareness. I've been around great leaders that are intelligent. I've been, you know. But how, how do many... they know? So I go around, I'm in my business, I'm doing my thing. I give people their jobs, you know, great. And I'm off to my, off to the races. How do they know that what they're putting out there isn't landing the way they think it is? Well, you do have to read people you do need to read like Michelle I'm sure you've given presentations in your work and you've done a uh, maybe a PowerPoint and you're looking off to the room and people are checking their phone or looking at their watch or writing notes and yeah they're they're you know, <laughs> straight up yawning you got like, a problem if they're straight up yawning or adjusting their pillows <laughs> yeah. and so we've all seen that where the person just keeps pounding out the PowerPoint slide. I'm going to get through it because I had to work, you know, 40 hours on this thing. And people are just dropping like flies in the room. If you don't pick that up as a leader, then you need a lot of work. And if you don't pick up the cues that people send you when you're talking one-on-one, -on -one, then you need to work on that. So, um, you know, we go on a podcasts like this i'm trying to read you and i'm trying to adjust um some of the notes i put down for this thing 
we haven't even touched on. And because it's <laughs> you prepared to... 40 hours in your PowerPoint. I haven't even yeah, asked you like, for it yet. Oh, oh, dang. <laughs> she didn't even ask my favorite questions. Uh-huh. But, you know, uh, we we can grow in it. That's the good news. Everybody can grow in their emotional intelligence with a little bit of effort and work. Nice. I love that. So what are, what are some of the questions that I should be asking you that, that a lot of people aren't? Well, I think if you're a business owner, you have to decide, number one, what emotions uh, do you want to cultivate within your culture? And with your customers, I think some of those should be, I need to make people feel very special. Um, I have an assistant, executive assistant, Asha, and we talk about not just treating our customers and clients like a 10, but I want every one of them to feel like they're the most special. So let's do not just little informational, okay, we'll set Steve up with this or that, but Let's go the extra mile to make them feel like we really do care for them. We want them to feel a sense of wonder. We want them to feel enriched. We want our clients to feel safe and excited to work with us. And dare I say loved, right? That we really love. I mean, my mission is I love what I do. I love the people I get to work with. And I love the people I serve. And so that comes, that will come through. So decide, number two, defend against the emotions that you do not want to project as a business owner, leader, entrepreneur. I do not want to project anxiety or fatigue or disinterest. 78% of people that leave a business leave for feelings of indifference. Price is like third. Number one is, you know what, Michelle? You know, I appreciate working with you, but I feel like I don't really even count. I'm just a number. So I am going to check things out somewhere else. That is the last thing we want people. We want them to, indifference. We want them to feel no 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 you're you're vitally important to us and that emotion has to be projected absolutely love it so when somebody's kind of working with i'm going to say corporate culture so they decide hey this is the way i want our team to feel this is the way we want the clients to feel uh, when we're here, is that kind of a internal decision that somebody makes as a leader and goes, okay, this is the way it's going down? Is it something that they should be collaborating with their executives on? How do you recommend that somebody implements or starts to look at corporate culture and then implementation? Yeah, it begins with, I think, training. I think it begins with the um prioritization of it because yell yeah, I mean we there's multiple studies on working teams that are high performing and these are teams that uh, are priming good feelings I mean the culture the leaders the managers are priming the right emotions and performance levels go up So there needs to be training for managers, leaders, entrepreneurs on the importance of this. 
This is going to be the difference maker. Uh, it's going to give you the competitive edge on not only business, but retaining great people. People, um, they want to be a part of a culture that's emotionally healthy. And they get excited to come to work and get to, excited to be with their manager. I worked with a client who every Monday, the sales manager would have an all hands with the West Coast team and basically just go over quotas and information and where they were missing the mark and how they needed to turn up their performance. And my friend, Jerry, I asked him, I go, how do you feel about that meeting? He goes, I actually start getting a stomach ache like Sunday afternoon, like, oh crap, I got to talk about my quota and I'm under... He goes, fortunately, that manager got fired. They brought in a woman manager and she would begin with best practices. She would begin with uh, everybody share a win of last week. And he goes, Sundays, I would start getting like excited to share my win or my best practice. And he goes, within 90 days, everybody was hitting their quota and, a, and, and then some. Nice. Just with that shift of that culture shift of that leader. And it's it's powerful what people can accomplish when a leader is priming the right emotions. I love it. So I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How do they start their journey with you? Well, we've got a great website with some cool resources. It's stevegutzler.com, G-U-T-Z-L-E-R.com. Um, we've got a news e-news that comes out every Tuesday. I've been doing it for 12 years. Uh, just a, a short read, but it's very impactful on leadership, emotional intelligence. Uh, got some great workshops, training, coaching, all of that for people. And we can start. I love working with entrepreneurs. I grew up in the restaurant business. My dad had a little pancake house. So I love small business and seeing people thrive. So any way we can assist and serve, we love that. I love it. So we will, of course, have all of Steve's links in the show notes. So go ahead and scroll down, click on the links, of course, open up in a new browser because we're not done yet. So was it in the pancake house or at what point in life did you know that you were that special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Yeah, it was, I love, my dad is my hero. He's still alive. He's 92. He had the restaurant for 30 years. He was the one who taught me when I became a manager at age 17, he took me to the back of the restaurant and he said, okay, we're going to walk into Tom's pancake house now, Steve, but I want you to remember the most important leadership lesson I want to give you. And I go, okay. And he goes, as soon as you step foot in Tom's, you need a capital A attitude because the attitude you bring to our employees will be the attitude they bring to our customers. So uh, that was impactful. My dad just brought that consistency every day and he was thrilled. I like speaking. He was excited when I started my business. He's my number one fan. He calls me every week and goes, boy, you're traveling all over the place. This is really exciting. And, uh, so I'm one of those fortunate ones, right? Nice. I love it. Absolutely. Awesome. You have been absolutely awesome. Steve, any last words for our peeps? No, I just think that leadership for your listeners 
He is so powerful. Their influence is greater than they probably realize. Their ability to inspire through emotional in intelligence can be their competitive edge. It really can. And you just start with one life, right? I always just say uh, two, two things at the end of every day. Number one, what did I really accomplish? And number two, who was better today because of me? And if one person is better, I hopefully made you better, Michelle, or the listeners, then it's a win. Thanks. I love it. Thank you so much for your time, Steve. I know how valuable it is, and I appreciate it immensely. Thank you, Michelle. Great to be with you. Awesome. This is Michelle Nadelak. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Are you running a business over seven figures but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.